for Advent, I talked about the Christ of the Covenants. Um, we we talked. Who, who, I, I, let's let's do this. I haven't asked who can name the ones we've gone over. I kind of go over them. Uh, I'm going to finish them up today. I meant to finish them up last week. Um, I thought it'd be a good idea to do the New Covenant uh, on, for the new year, but um, that kind of got um, messed up with the snow. <clears throat> but what was the first one we talked about? Oh boy, I'm gonna have to go over these again, aren't I? Who's that? No, but second or er, second. Thank you, Carolyn. Son, the Son of Man, right? We talked about the Son of Man. Um, the the <clears throat> here. Let, let let me let me teach you a really big, good theological word. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is having trouble this morning. Everyone say proto evangelium. Let's, let's try that one more time. Proto-evangelium. Proto <clears throat> now, if you can use that in a sentence, <laughs> we're gonna, I'll be really uh, excited. Now, so the, proto the first gospel is what proto-evangelium is. That, that's what we got in Genesis 3 when God said, I'm going to send a, a seed from the woman who's going to crush the head of the serpent. Right? That's the proto-evangelium, the first gospel. So now you can go to all your friends and say, we talked about the Proto-Evangelium in service today, right? And they'll say, what is that? And they'll say, let me tell you what the gospel is, because it's the first gospel. So we talked about the son of man, which then, Penny, you mentioned son of Abraham, right? Jesus is that promised seed, that promised child of Abraham, right? Abraham, we know, had a promised son, which, by the, by the way, it, it's always Abraham was credited righteousness because of his, what? Faith, right? What was, what was his faith in? Do you remember? God said, I'm going to give you a seed. It was faith in a promised seed, that promised child. And even though he got a promised child in Isaac, we still have to have faith in that promised seed, right for salvation abraham was granted righteousness because of his faith that's always been the case it's always been the case i'm gonna sorry this is another road but that's okay judaism was never about a group of people it was never about even a family it was god used a family right but it was always 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 about a faith wasn't even about a group of laws. It was about a faith. Faith became came before the law, and even today, and this is actually going to work back into what we're talking about today. Even today, it's not about following laws, right? It is about belief and faith in that promised child. That's where you are credited righteousness. That's what we'll get from Abraham. What about what's the next one? Who's got the next? What's that? Moses. Right? The prophet like Moses. Remember Moses, we're going to talk about Moses a little bit today as well. Moses is the mediator of the Old Covenant. Right? He is the one that uh, went into Egypt and, and delivered the people out of Egypt. Right? Took them from slavery into the promise. Moses didn't actually get into the promised land. It took a Joshua to get there. That's significant. 
right? But Moses is the one that bring, brought them out of slavery in Egypt and into the promise. Jesus, of course, is the one who brings us out of death and slavery to sin into the promise of salvation and freedom and righteousness in him, right? Moses was the mediator of the old covenant. I'm not going to say too much, but we're going to go back into that a little bit today. Well, what's next? David. You should know that. <laughs> so the son of David, right? David is a great king. He's, he's really, in honesty, he's, he's the first king of Israel. We know that Saul was the king of Israel before David, but he wasn't of the promise, the promised line. The promised line was through Judah. David was the first Judaic king. And to, to David, God gave the promise of a Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. So there would be a king. So that's why, you know, when, when the um, people of Israel, when Jesus was on the scene, it, it, there was, it was really getting a belief, a hope. There's going to come a king. We're going to have this new king, and it's not Herod. And there's going to come a king who's going to save us and deliver us. That was their great hope. In fact, there are times with Jesus that they recognized him and said, look, let's make him king by force. This is the guy. Where does that idea of a king come from? David, the son of David. Now, we know that Jesus himself said, my kingdom is not of this world, right? So the people looked and they were looking for a, a worldly king to come. And Jesus said, I'm not that kind of king. I'm a king, but I'm not that kind of king. And we know that, so he, he was a king that died for his people, sits on the throne of David, and reigns. He is the Christ, the Messiah. Amen? For everyone to, to go to, not just, not just the Jews, but the Greeks. Not just the Greeks, but the Jews. Right? So today we're going to talk about the new covenant. I have time, which I should have. My, my plan is to do the same thing I've been doing. We're gonna, I'm going to take a little time to teach on the New Covenant. All right, And then I've got a little message on the New Covenant uh, out of a great passage I think everybody hopefully will, you'll be familiar with. So uh, the new, to understand the New Covenant, you have to understand a little bit of the Old Covenant first. So if you would flip over to Exodus, the book of Exodus. It's really easy to find. You go, to, you go as far left as you can and then go one book to the right. So Exodus chapter number uh, 24, 24. Old Testament. Yep. Way back the other direction. Right, so Exodus 24, he, Moses assembles all the people. Look at verse, um, and we'll start in verse 5. Um, he sent young men of the sons of Israel. They offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood, put it in basins, and other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. He took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, 
All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. So Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. How, how many people would sign up for that, for that job? Can I get sprinkled with blood, please? Um, he took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Okay? So this is the, the covenant. This is the, the, the covenant ceremony, if you will, with the old covenant. Does that, does that sound vaguely familiar? Behold, the blood of the covenant. Well, we just took the Jesus, remember? He's, this is the, my blood of the new covenant given for you. He's initiating that covenant ceremony. But back to, back to covenant. Let me, I want to talk just a little bit about, about covenant, all right, and what, what a covenant is. Um, if, we, if we go back to Abraham, God, the, the, the literal word is cut a covenant, all right? And they, this was not just between God and man. People made covenants together. They still do today. But um, there, there's a covenant ceremony, and there are, um, you know, each person says, you know, I, will, I do to certain things like a marriage almost type thing. But what they would do uh, and with, with Abraham, they took actual animals. And they cut the animals in two, right? And then the, the whole idea was you would walk through those animals with the other person of the covenant. One person would say, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to um, give you X amount of money, and I'm going to give you this, this land. I'm going to do this. And the other person would say, I'm going to protect you against um, all the things that are going on, and I'm going to do this for you. And so I am going, we're going to walk through these animals symbolizing if I do not hold up my end of the bargain, may I become like one of these animals, cut in two. If I don't hold up my end, may death come about. That's what cutting of the covenant was. Now, remember with Abraham when he did this with God, God told him, I want you to set these animals up, you know, cut them up, put them, put them aside, and then, then what, do you remember what happened? Abraham waited. And then God himself went through the animals. He didn't take Abraham through. He himself went through. So what, he, what he's saying is, look, I am taking both sides of this. If I am unable to do all of these things for you, may I die. Okay? Did you get that? If I cannot perform all these things, if, if these people don't uphold all of these laws, may I die. Now remember, this is what, this is what we're just looking at in, with Moses. He's the mediator, right? So he goes up on the mountain. He gets all the laws from God, right? He comes down from the mountain, and he gives all the laws to the people, and God sets him up as the mediator. They, 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 they have um, killed these animals. They've sacrificed them. They've put the blood, they put the blood on everybody. And what happens is as the mediator, now he is the one who's passed through. 
God still says, if I cannot perform all this, if you guys can't keep all of these laws, somebody's got to die. Somebody's got to die because you all can't keep all these laws that I've given to you. And you've got, ultimately, once again, I mentioned it just a few minutes ago, but ultimately, you have God in the flesh, Jesus, who is saying, I'll take it. You all could not keep it. So I'm going to keep my end of the bargain, and as God in the flesh, I'm going to die because you couldn't do it. And he initiates the, the new covenant. But let me, let's, look at, look, let's look at a couple other things here. Um, flip over to Jeremiah 31. This is, there's, there's several passages. There's several passages in the Old Testament that uh, talk about the new covenant. This is one of them. I'm going to show you another one. It's um, called um, Covenant of Peace. Um, but this is, the, this is one of the main ones. This is also quoted at length in Hebrews. Flip over to Jeremiah 31. Remember, what, what was Moses read from the law, right? That's, that's key also. When the old covenant is the law, but uh, the new covenant is different. So Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it. I will be their God, they shall be my people." They will not teach again, each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. So with Moses, Moses, the law was external, right? It was in a book. It's on the tablets of stone, right? The law was external. And, and God said, you have to keep all of these 600 plus laws. That's what you got to do. If you're going to please me, since you, are, since you are my people, this is how you please me. Follow all these 600 laws. And they said, <laughs> right. This is exactly what we're supposed to say. <laughs> right. right. So God said, follow these, all, these laws. In the new covenant, God says, no, the law is not external. I'm going to put my law in your heart. I'm going to put my law within you. Now, 
Can I, can I just take, take a little, little aside here? Because I want to say a little something about the law, right? In some ways, I love that the law is, is in there. And when I mean talking about the law, I'm not talking about the whole <laughs> five books of, of Moses. I am, I'm talking about all of the you shall not and you shall and you shall do this and you have to do this. And if you don't do this, is it, has anybody read like Leviticus and all these, and these parts of Exodus where you just go, you've got to be kidding Okay, anybody who reads the Bible through every year, you get to that part, you just, ugh, right? You scratch your head. So in a way, I'm sitting there going, Lord, thank you that I have to read this because I don't have to go through all this anymore. Praise the Lord. So what the law is, as much as, it, okay, it's almost like when you're trying to read that and you just have to, you want to get through because you, ha you know you have to get into um, something else, right? And you're going, I'm just, I just got to read through this. It's the same way with, with our sin. We should look at this and go, there is no way that I can, I have a hard time reading it, much less keeping it, right? There's no way I can keep all this. I can't do it. I like barbecue too much. There's no way I can keep this law, <laughs> right? What you do have to do, you look at this and say, there is no way I need a savior. There's no way I need somebody to keep it for me. That's what the law is there for. Now, can I tell you something? It's good. It's holy. It's wonderful. God put it there. He put it there to be a tutor, to teach us, to get us to go. But we're not under that anymore. Praise God. We have someone who kept it all for us and said, I've already done it. Notice what it says. I will, I will, t I will forgive your sins and I will remember them no more. So the law said, you know what? I've got a book and I'm going to keep all of your sins account and you've got to take this blood and you've got to be sprinkled for your sins. You've got to sacrifice the animal. You've got to sprinkle the altar. And once a year, the, the, holy, you know, the, the priest has to go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle all of this to cover your sins. They're not forgiven. They're only covered. When Jesus comes along, the new covenant comes along, God says, I am going to forgive your sins. And what's, you know what's amazing? God, who is the infinite God, who knows everything, can do anything. He's the one who created the world with a, with a word. He says, I'm not going to remember your sins anymore. So, how many of y'all remember your sins? Can, can I just... When you go to God and you say, Lord, I've blown it. I've gone bust. I've messed up. I've fouled up. I'm just... You know what? God says, you are forgiven and poof. I'm not even going to hold it. I'm not going to remember. You go to God and you say, Lord, do you remember when I did that? He said, I know, huh? I don't. How many, it's the devil's job to bring up your sins back to you, not God's. Don't do the devil's work for him. 
And don't let somebody else do the devil's work for him. Right? If God is not remembering your sins, they're done. It. That doesn't mean, I mean, you, that does mean you you get out of those sins. You don't keep on going with them, right? But the sins, you go to God and say, "Lord, forgive me." He says, "Absolutely, you're forgiven," and I don't even remember them anymore. So the law is put on our hearts. It's internal, but you know what? It's not all of those laws. It's not all those 600. It's not like, okay, you know what? Just to, I, I, He listed all of those laws, and now he puts it on here, so we have to remember them all? No, 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 no. no. Um, flip over to Ezekiel. I may not have time to get to the other, this, but this is good. You can all you want. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. Joel, verse, um, or chapter 36, Ezekiel 36. Let's just, I'm going to skip a little bit here. Uh, look at verse 25. So Ezekiel 36, verse 25. Actually, 24. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. Okay. Anybody here from, anybody here from Israel? You're, you're born and raised in the Holy Land. So does this, does this mean you? I will take you from all the lands... I'll bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. That sounds a lot like baptism to me. I'll sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you. This is what we just read from Jeremiah, right? I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh um, and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You'll be careful to observe my ordinances. Okay, so part of the new covenant. This is, this is part of we. Yeah, let me go over here real quick. If you go into Ezekiel 37, um, you can see it in uh, verse 24. Flip over a page if you have to. Verse tw this is 37, 24. My servant David will be king over them, and they will have one shepherd. They will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes and observe them. They will live on the land that I gave to Jacob, my servant, in which your fathers lived. They will live on it. They and their sons and their, son, their sons' sons forever, and David, my servant, will be their prince forever. Now, is it, we, we, we've talked about the son of David, right? Is David going to come back to life and reign on a throne in, in Jerusalem? No, right? This is, that's what Peter says in Acts 2. David didn't ascend to, it was 
Jesus who ascended to the throne. David, my king, will be over them. 20, verse 26, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary set my sanctuary in their midst. So part of the new covenant, that covenant of peace, part of that covenant is that we will get a new spirit within us. There is a reason that right after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven that we had Pentecost. Right? The new covenant was initiated and he put his spirit within us. His spirit comes within us for a, for a couple reasons. It's, well, lots of reasons actually. But specifically with, <laughs> specifically here as a part of the new covenant, what, what he said, the Spirit comes in, he gives us assurance that we are indeed children of God, right? It's part of the cleansing process, but he gives, he gives us the power and the ability to, to break free from sin, and he's part of the, says he'll write the law on our hearts. You've got the holy God inside of you, right? Think about this. You do not have to go to a book, as much as I would, I wish I had this memorized, I don't, okay? I don't have to go and say, let's see, now, how did I blow it today, right? I don't have to go through all the laws and say, whoop, I messed up there. Oh, yep, but I missed that one and that one, right? What? No, I don't have to do that. Why? Because I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me who, if I blow it, he whispers in my ear and says, Hey, Brian, you just offended me. I don't have to look. I'm not, I'm not looking to anybody. I'm, I'm like, the Holy Spirit's there. Say, Ryan, you know what? You should not have said that. Notice Paul, Paul later on says, I don't even judge myself. I don't let anybody judge me. I don't even judge myself. Why? Because I've got the living God inside of me who says, look, Ryan, no, you're going the wrong direction. Ryan, would you, would you, don't say that anymore. Ryan, watch your anger. Ryan, when you, when you did this, you, you said, you did the wrong thing. You, you, you cheated or you lied or you, okay. The Holy Spirit is put there to keep us on track and you're supposed to listen to him. It's not about a whole bunch of written laws. It's about the Holy God within us. Now, I will, I will say this. You can sear your heart so you're not listening. You can walk away. You can thumb your nose at God. You can keep on walking and eventually you'll walk off that cliff. But how it's supposed to work is we're supposed to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit within us. Because I don't want to be under all those laws. Because if I'm under all those laws, I'm a dead man. But if I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me, 
I just to be sensitive and listening, say, okay, Holy Spirit, lead me. And if I, if I mess up, would you please show me so that I can get this right? Notice um, in, it's in John that, um, and I, I actually didn't write down the passage, but it's in the upper room discourse. And it, the upper room is where um, we get the, uh, uh, the Eucharist, the, the covenant meal, the Lord's table, right? It's in the upper room. It's, uh, it's last night before Jesus is arrested and, and crucified, right? And he's, he says, a new commandment I give to you. What is that? Anybody know it? That you're to love one another. So this, the commandment that God has for us now, it's not all this 600 whatever number of laws. The commandment is this. Love God. Love one another. That's it. Love God, love one another. And if you're in the new covenant, you're supposed to be loving God already, right? So it's love one another. That's the new commandment. And if you're following that, then you should be right smack in the middle of where you're supposed to be. Let me just show you this real quickly, and then I'm going to get going to finish up the new covenant here. Um, there's so much. Look, this is just a really, 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 really brief. Um, talk a little bit about the new covenant. There's so much in here. Um, what I, as I've been going through these different covenants and. Yeah, I gotta do that one too. Um, my hope is that this will help the Old Testament to come alive for you, so that it's not just reading about reading a history book. Okay. The the if you if you think about it this way, the shadow of Jesus is on every page in the Old Testament, and if you are looking for it, you will find it. Even in the law, even in all those different, the shadow of Jesus is there. And you can see it every single page if you look. And this will, this will help you to, to let that whole Old Testament come alive if you're looking and you're saying, where is Jesus in this? And you start looking and it's, it's Adam. Well, it's, Jesus says, I'm the son of man. Does that have a significance? Yeah. You know, in the Hebrew, it's, it's, it's a son of Adam, right? So it's a son of man. Jesus, oh, maybe there's something with Jesus. Maybe there's something with this, uh, this whole Eden idea. Wait, you, you start looking at Eden, and you start looking at the trees and different things. You go, oh, tabernacle, temple. There's trees and tabern stuff in the, in, the t in the tabernacle, in the temple, and pomegranates. Why? Why is God doing that? Oh, Wait, tabernacle, tip. He went, it, it's, in, it's in us. And then you look at the last page of the entire book, and you know, it says, wait a second, there's, there's trees, there's a tree of life growing across, along the, 
the river, and it's bearing fruit 12 times a year, and its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Wait, God's doing something with all of this. Let the Old Testament come alive. All right? Um, I think that's actually my phone that I didn't even know was on. I'm sorry. Um, look at, look at uh, Isaiah chapter 49, and then I'm just going to try to... Don't, don't worry about it, Bob. Um, 49 verse 8 49 8 okay this is the suffering servant of of Isaiah okay Isaiah um, begins talking about Jesus um, a lot um Thus says the Lord, in a favorable, favorable time I have answered you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. I will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people to restore the land to make them inherit the desolate um, heritage. I will make you a covenant of the pe- for the people. So Jesus is the one in whom the covenant was made in his flesh, in his body, at the cross. He was, he was beaten and marred so that he could say, this is the new covenant in my blood. And then uh, in Hebrews, the last part of Hebrews is all about... Um, I'm just going to show you where this is if you want to go read it later. Okay? But look at Hebrews 8, uh, verse... Yeah, I'm going to... Hebrews 8, uh, if you start in verse 7, it, it, it repeats Jeremiah 31 there. Um, verse thir- look at Hebrews 8, 13. Hebrews 8, 13. Okay. Y'all got it? It's right before the book of Hebrews. 8.13. When he said a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Okay? I mentioned this last week. I may not have time to... We'll, we'll get a little bit in there. Um, look, we, we cannot live the new covenant in an old covenant manner. And unfortunately, as Christians, I think we do that a whole lot. We, we, we like our rules. We like our regulations. We like everything to be outlined in order, and right? And we like to beat ourselves up when we mess up. You cannot live the new covenant life, the writer of Hebrews here is saying, with the coming of the new, he's made the old obsolete. I'd almost wish we could just take that part of the Bible out. All right? The, the old, the, all of the laws. Don't want to because it, it serves as a tutor. It is holy. It is, what, but, but it's not, it, it only applies to us in that it, it points us to Jesus. We are not in the old anymore. 
we're in the new. We have the Holy Spirit within us to tell us what we, which direction we should go. All right? So don't live, try to live the new covenant life as the old covenant. It does not work. I want you to remember, God has said, your sins are forgiven. I put the Holy Spirit within you. And I am remembering your sins no more. Okay? All right? So don't look at all the laws and say, I'm a, I'm a filthy sinner. I, I, I can't do anything right. I've busted it this way and I've, I've done this. And I, No, no, no. God says your sins are forgiven. They are removed from you and from his memory. And if that is the case, then stop holding them against yourself. Just go on. Flip over. I want to let me go through this real quickly. Flip. This is. Flip over to Ezekiel again. Thirty-seven. I want to just. Um, this is such a great passage. Um, Remember the Valley of Dry Bones? <laughs> um, I tell you what, Tim, would you, my, my voice is really going in and out this morning. Tim, would you mind, do you have it? Ooh, I, I, I called on you when you didn't have it, I'm sorry. <laughs> see, see how fast you can get your sword drill out. 37. Would you mind reading the first 10 verses there? That'd be great. Thank you. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that scattered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with and 
stood up on their feet, a, a great army. Thank you. <clears throat> Appreciate that, Tim. <clears throat> I, I love this passage. I'm going to try to be really, really, really brief here. Um, you can you can look and, and see virtually the entire scripture in this passage. You know, uh, with Ezekiel, God tells him to prophesy twice over these bones. He, the idea is, it's a, it's almost like a crypt. Okay, it's like a great battle was had been there. These bones are dried out. They're they're all over the place. And I mean, if if there is a a a place where you would think there is no hope, right? There's a bunch of dead bones. There, there ain't no, nothing that can be done with all these dead bones all over the place. And um, God tells Ezekiel, prophesy over these bones. Right? And then, so then they, they start all coming together, the leg bone connected to the thigh bone, right? So hear the word of the Lord. So they get, they, but then they, it comes together as an ordered army, but God has to do, say to prophesy again. Speak the breath of life to come in. Remember, God made man and formed man, but he came to life when the breath came in. Right? This is a, this is a picture of the new covenant, if you will, to a huge extent. We are, you know, before Jesus, all of us were... Um, I've heard, you know, with, um, you know, on, on cell blocks where there's death row, it's a dead man walking, right? You, before Jesus, you are a dead man or a dead woman walking. That's it. That's who you are. You may, you may have flesh and blood and bones and uh, skull, and, but you're just a, a bag of bones until the Holy Spirit comes in to give you life. Look here. He said, verse 11, says, he, he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up. Our hope has perished. We're completely cut off. You know, I think one thing in church, a lot of people's hopes perished. Like I said, when you've got... Uh, when you have a valley of dead, dry bones, there's not much hope there. It's like Abraham looking at himself going, Me? Sarah? There's no way we're having kids. What are you talking about, God? And especially, you know, Abraham's going on in life. Yeah, that's at 75, and by the time he's reaching, you know, 95, he's saying, There... No hope. There wasn't much hope back then. And I've been trying for the last 15 years. There ain't no hope at all. Right? There's no hope. You know, we, we oftentimes can go through that where there, our hope diminishes. You know, the promises that God's given to us, whether that's for family, whether that's for um, maybe it's, it's goals for work, goals for family members, maybe it's um, things you want to see happen in your life, maybe it's relationships restored. 
oftentimes we get to the point that, that we, our life, we look at it, maybe a certain area of our life, and you say it's like those dead, dry bones. There's, a, there's as much hope of these dead bones becoming an, an army than there is of this happening in my life. And I believe what God is saying is there's many things that he wants to restore. He wants to come to bring back hope to us. Now, there, there, um, there, there are things in our life that may never happen. A lot of things in our life that should never happen. There's things that maybe, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, you know, God will not answer a, a prayer that we think is good in our life in order to give us something better and more eternal. Right? So I'm not saying that every prayer that you pray is an automatic ka-ching. You know, God will make sure that happens for you. But if you're praying according to his will, it may be no, but it's a no for a good reason. I'm going to give you something better and something that will have eternal consequences, whereas your prayer was too small. But we need hope. And real quick, um, I'm not going to go through all the verses, but the, the, there's hope for, for new life. There's hope for new life. That when, when he comes in uh, and we let him, God will bring new life within us. You know, a lot of times our, our hope gets totally, um, it runs out for, for what's inside of us. Will I ever be the person that, that God wants me to be? Will I ever accomplish these things that I feel like God wants, his, wants me to accomplish? Will I ever get out of this sin? Will I ever, um, will I ever be able to, uh, to have these, you know, will I be healed emotionally or, or uh, mentally? Will I, will I be able to get out of this mindset? And it, it keeps running and running and running within you till there's a, to the point that you say, it's just who I am. It's just who I am. There, there's... There's no hope for this to ever change. But God comes along to speak into us and puts his spirit within us to provide hope. Let me, let me say it this way. Jesus came. He came to the earth. Right? Philippians 2 says that when he came to the earth, he left a lot of the... the qualities, the God attributes in heaven. Okay? You, you can't separate the divinity and the humanity of, of Christ. He was always, he's always divine. But he did not act as the, the God, as the great glory of God when he was on the earth. What he did was he was a man filled by the Holy Spirit. Everything he did was a man filled by the Holy Spirit. If, if he did not do that, he could not say, I want you to act like me. That wouldn't be fair. That would, be, that would not be just. Right? Yep. But if he is a man filled by the Holy Spirit, fully God, yes, but leaving those attributes of God uh, in heaven when he became a man, 
He can say, come and follow me. I'm going to fill you like the Holy Spirit so you can act just like me. So all of that junk within us that we say there's no hope, let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit has come within you to give you hope. Hope to get out of sin. Hope to get out of the, the, the stinking thinking. Right? Hope to, hope to actually fulfill the, the promises of God in your life. Hope for a new life in you. Hope for a nude, new or renewed relationships. It goes on to talk about, um, it, what, it, it says that the, the um, Israel and Judah, remember the, the two kingdoms of, of Israel that split off? You got um, uh, Israel and the... My, thank you. <laughs> so you got one in the north and one in the south, right? Israel in the north, Judah in the south, right? In my, my mind just went for a second. So you... There was no hope for those two getting together. You know, when the kingdom divided, it split. There's no hope. And God says, I'm putting the two together. That's what it says if you read the passage. How does that happen? Actually, what he's talking about is I'm going to bring it all under one house, and that's Jesus. Which means I'm going to take the Gentiles, I'm going to take the Jews, I'm going to take, take anybody who is wanting to to come and, and willing to come underneath the, that banner. I'm taking them, I'm putting them under one house, and that's Jesus. They will have one king. That's the next point. But renewed relationships. Look, some of your late relationships, maybe they don't need to be renewed. But there are some things that, that you can have hope in that re relationship to be restored and renewed. If there's any hope, it's in Christ. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a family member that, that, that's gotten cut off and you've been praying and praying and praying and you know that it's God's heart and it's, God, it's God's will for you to, to have that renewed relationship or a friendship that, that's gotten, that have gotten broken or a, a sibling or a, 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 um, a son or daughter and there's, there's a broken relationship there and you've gotten to the point of there is no hope. And God says, look, I have come to bring hope okay i've come to bring hope like i said some sometimes there's relationships that either won't or don't but if god has given you that promise there is hope for that renewal relationships and lastly there is a there is a new king there is a new king there's hope because there is a new king of course we know that jesus came the, the new covenant brought a new king and that new king is to establish peace well, why is why is he good uh, it, it it says that there's there's hope for the poor why because they have a king who is a righteous judge that they can go to whether that is poor in spirit or literally poor they can go to the to the righteous king and say oh god give me justice right in the same way in our lives we have a king that we need to submit to, but we can pray to this awesome, great and glorious and loving king and say, Lord, we need X, Y, and Z for hope for us. Our hope may be, may be shattered because you know, maybe, maybe a job has been lost or finances have been lost or, or homes or, 
or um, different things in our lives, or, or maybe we're, we're looking and saying, uh, you know, we're, we live in an area that, that needs Jesus so badly. I, I'm, okay, our car got busted into last week. All right? Oh, no. totally, somebody totally took out the, our driver's side window. All right? We live in an area that needs Jesus. Okay? All right? But there is hope. There's hope. Why? Because we have a king that we can go to and say, Dear Jesus, these people need you. Would you, would you reveal yourself to them? Lord, would you hold, send your Holy Spirit to convict? Convict the people that did that to our car. Lord, and bring them to you. Lord, bring, bring the conviction that people will come and they will come to know you, that they will change their lives, and this will be a renewed area. Not because we have the best show in town, but because there is a king who loves the people, who wants them to come to know him as their Lord and Savior. There can be hope renewed because we have a new king. God has come. He's brought the new covenant. He sent his Holy Spirit that our hopes can be renewed. Let me pray for you. Lord, I know there's many in here who their hopes for your promises, some of them have been gone for quite a while and some are starting to be really shaky. Lord, I pray that you will bring a renewed sense of hope. If, if that's you, just make a sign to the Lord this morning. If you, if you're, if that's, you know, if you want to put your hand over your heart or raise your, I don't care. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you need new, renewed hope this morning, just tell the Lord silently. That's me. I gotta have it. I'm, I'm at the end of my. I'm, I'm hopeless for this promise. Lord, I pray for these people right now. Lord, thank you that you love them so much. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have, have, that you have sent so that we can have hope. Lord, I pray that you'll renew their hope, that you'll renew their strength. Lord, I pray that you will um, give them a reassurance of your love, your love for them, that, that they know that you uh, are right there through everything that they go through. That your hope comes from your love. And you're being an awesome, you're the greatest father that is, that is there. And even if we go through trials and and, and hard times. You're, you're taking us through in order to grow us. Pray that you'll renew hope all over this place this morning. And Lord, I bless every, everyone here. I bless them with your peace. Lord, that your peace will be upon them, will go with them. Lord, that your covering will be about them, that everywhere that they go, that they will be um, covered by the blood of the Lamb, that they will, they will receive the full blessings of Abraham, 
the provision, Lord, the um, direction, the guidance, Lord, that they will, they will be able to pass an inheritance down to their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids. Lord, the inheritance of salvation, inheritance of wisdom, inheritance of, of um, strength and, and faith and peace. And Lord, that you will shine your light upon us and let us be great and glorious reflectors of that light everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.